must be saying a lot then. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us anyway. So, no worries. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, the first thing I want to get into is I'm really interested in how people have adopted um, and changed their training around. Like, obviously, we're, we're socially isolating. We have to keep two metres distance. We can't go out to the gym. How are you still training and still keeping up with your, your fitness and your conditioning? Obviously, in the in the house or at your local sort of garage or whatever. Yeah, it's been... Uh, at first, it was... Well, it wasn't tricky. I was, I was, I was even more motivated to you know, adapt to the situation. Um, I'm lucky because I live on a farm. Oh, right. So I've got um, quite a bit of access to what I'd call like junk lying about. But yeah. it's, uh, yeah. There's like loads of bits lying around the farm that's, you know, quite handy to, to, to use and adapt to your training. Um, so I'm working with, um, I don't know if you've heard of him, it's called Michael Wheatman. I was going to ask you about that. I've seen some. I follow you both on on Instagram and social media, and uh, we'll get into uh, Mike Wheatman's sort of philosophy and that in a bit. But he's he's got some quite interesting sort of philosophies, hasn't he, on just using sandbags or using any equipment that you can find. To... Well, yeah, that's well, that, that's how it's like. Um, that's how my trainers adapted. Really, is uh, just finding what's about, and he's like, we planned our, my training of just being creative and what what we have and what we can do with it. So yeah. it's been really fun, like, uh, we've just been planning sessions or he's been sending me the sessions telling me what to do. And it's been, I, f- I feel stronger than what I did before lockdown, really. I'm right. not doing any wrestling training because there's no one in my household who wrestles. You can uh, keep up with you. <laughs> I'm a bit too old to be doing some wrestling, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's. Um, I feel. I feel. I definitely feel stronger than what I was before lockdown. So there's, that's been one of the positives that's uh, come from it. Really, yeah. is adapting and coming up with new things to to carry on. And to be honest, I probably uh, I will be going back to the gym to train. But you know, like it's, it's made me realise if there was a time where I don't need to go to the gym, I can use what's around me. I know. I think a lot of people have realised that, haven't they? Like you've got to you've got to work with what you've got and the resources that you've got to hand. And if that means lifting up. Um, sandbags or I've seen you doing some chin-ups on the end of a, um, a tractor and all that kind of stuff like I think it's made people realize that you don't necessarily need to pay a membership to go to the gym if you've got some stuff that's heavy you can just pick it up and put it down and all these fundamental human movements yeah like body just body weight exercises that he's given me and I'm like that's harder than just doing like standard stuff in the gym like bench press or squatting or yeah mental yeah so can you just give us a little example then of what a training a training session would be then in, in the in the current circumstances that we find ourselves in? Uh, well, it's been changing every week, but um, for the strength conditioning, it's it's been like um, I've got an example here actually. Um, it's been like uh, a lower body and upper body exercise, uh, like a power, a power exercise, then followed by uh, some body weight exercises. So I've been doing like uh, Turkish get-ups, uh, yeah. squats, uh, diagonal squats. It's been, it, every session's different. Uh, we've been doing uh, a lot of conditioning. 
Uh, one that was really, really tough, that's really probably underrated, but it's very uh, good for wrestling, is uh, I was just going up and down the garden doing bur crawls. All right. 50 meter bur crawl, and you think, oh, it's not too bad that, because when you do it in a warm up, you just like get on with it, yeah. but when you're doing it 50, uh, 50 meters, it's like, it's quite a killer. So in between yeah, yeah. that, um, like a burpees, working your way down a ladder, so, it's hard to say what is it. What does a session look like? Because everyone's been different. Yeah. Uh, some, uh, rowing for, for conditioning. It's so uh, totally uh, just keeping the body guessing all the time. Yeah. And some days I'm thinking, bloody hell, I'm I'm really unfit here. But um, it's just because I'm working different uh, yeah. systems and yeah. different muscle groups, really. Yeah, you're not allowing you're not allowing the the body to adapt, are you? You're just completely changing it around. So when you think you, you're not really getting fitter. You're getting fitter in a whole different like range of exercises, aren't you? Rather than specifying on one thing. Yeah. yeah. That burkroll sent me over the edge, so that's <laughs> that's seriously like underrated in terms of uh, conditioning, especially for grappling. Yeah. You're looking, you're upper body and um, your lower body. Yeah. Really interested in in um, simple and minimal exercises that are specific to sort of grappling and jiu-jitsu because i do i do um sort of attribute any wrestlers uh, for me personally are the, are the most like athletic and explosive and conditioned athletes not knocking about so anything that we can take from what wrestlers do for conditioning and try and implement it into a jiu-jitsu warm-up or a jiu-jitsu session is gonna improve everyone isn't it at the end of the day yeah well you know what if, if you went to a wrestler i don't know in general just said like ego right plan a session I think normally you tend to work to, towards your strengths mm -hmm. and you get like, you get comfortable. Well, I find that I have anyway, you get comfortable just doing what you're good at. Yeah. And just be like, I don't know, um, a lot of back, uh, back exercises, you know, wrestlers have uh, a strong upper body, so might yeah. just stick to pull-ups and what have you. But yeah. if you can stress the body just enough and challenge it in different ways, then you can really see, um, you know, benefit and some gains from uh, doing something. Yeah. So is that why you is that why you, you started working with Mike to sort of um, maybe change things up and, and stop you making that decision where you always end up working on the stuff that you're good at? Is that why you got in started working with him to maybe change it all around? And I mean, it was one of the reasons. The main reason was I, I knew I needed to um, I needed to do some. Uh, strength training because I'm I'm moving up to 74 kilos from 65. Right. That's a big uh, jump in weight and the style's a bit different. So I'm going to need to be a lot more stronger than what I am. Right. And put some weight on. So that was the main reason, but it's, well, it's not the main reason. The main reason being is that, um, one, it's enjoyable training with him. Every session's different. Uh, it's challenging. And third reason is he's really a really good guy, a great mm -hmm. coach, and I think that is like the main reason why uh, people train in the first place and be part of uh, a jiu-jitsu team or yeah. wrestling rugby team because of the people you have around you. Yeah, it's the camaraderie of it all, isn't it? We had, I had, a, I don't know if you know Jamie Acton, but Jamie Acton was on a few episodes ago, and he was talking about his um, experiences of stopping playing professional rugby league. And he wanted to find that, that camaraderie again that the, he had when he played for a rugby team professionally. 
and and he found it in in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that camaraderie. It's um, it's hard to come across like someone who you can click with. You know, the uh, athlete coach. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It's, really, yeah. Uh, it's really neglected, I think, in in sport. Finding that, like, I've been to uni and studied sport coaching, and right, and important it is to you know uh, connect with yeah your athletes. Yeah, and I think that's what Michael's really good at. Yeah, connecting on that on that human level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen some of his some of his posts on Instagram and stuff, and he is all about like what the athlete needs, isn't it? All all catered to what you need rather than what he wants to try and instill in you. He's very much like led by what what your needs are. It's not easy because you'll know yourself being a jiu-jitsu coach. Um, you do get drawn into like yourself as a coach and what you want to do for for them. Yeah. Whereas he wants to get it out of you, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. You to do for you, not like do for him. Yeah. It's like what you said before about, um, say, say we're teaching like an open mat or we're, we're going through some techniques. I'm obviously going to get drawn to the techniques that I consider that I'm good at. You, that you like, I'm the same. I yeah. do it a lot. Yeah. Rather than the stuff that I consider like, oh, weak, that's a weak aspect of my uh, repertoire. I'd, I'd feel a bit. Um, self-conscious maybe going through some moves that I'm not really confident in showing so definitely yeah that is something that I am conscious about and I'm, and I'm working on as well like yeah, but, uh, yeah. It's, it, it's an art to coach and it's it's not like one size fits all is it you're working yeah everybody has a different uh, different need and what they want to get out of the setting yeah I know definitely so um, <laughs> you, you touched on there and it, it's something that I never really thought about where you're going up in weight and the styles change. How did the styles change then? Can you just explain a little bit about that? Well, down at 65 compared to 74, I was like, um, I was cutting, the last time I wrestled 65 was 2018 at the Commonwealth Games. And it's, in wrestling, it's the same day weighing. So you, you weigh in and then two hours later you wrestle. And I was cutting down from 72 to 65. And with yeah. that being the same day, it was a lot of stress on the body losing seven kilos over a three four week time yeah. frame not very healthy so I thought I did a few years because the next commonwealth is in 2022 that's like the main thing for uh, us in British wrestling is the commonwealth games right. and uh, the, the, the weight in between 65 and 74 is 70 but 70 isn't a, an Olympic weight category so that means okay. it's Olympics or Commonwealth Games. So I thought, oh, well, I'm going to have to make a jump up to, to 74. And obviously, with the size, there's, there's quite a bit of, uh, well, there's nine kilos between it, and there's guys cutting down from maybe 78 to 74. Yeah. So there's a big um, strength factor that comes into play with the two weight categories. 65 is more about, I'd say, like, more about speed. Mm-hmm. At seventy four, the a lot well, definitely a lot more powerful. If you if you know Jordan Burroughs, yes, yeah, American, yeah. The size difference between him and myself right now, you'd be yeah, thinking yeah. there's a big difference there. So that yeah, that's probably a good, um, good comparison of how a, a good fit seventy four kilo wrestler would look. He's a big man. <laughs> 
Yeah, he is, yeah. So, um, so the Commonwealth is 2022. Was there any, um, I don't know much about like sort of the Olympic setup for wrestling and that, was there any, has it, has it affected you with maybe not having the Olympics on this year? Would that have been something you'd have gone for or the, the British team? Um, the, well, what it is, the British team are only funding two athletes at the minute um, who can go to the qualifiers to qualify. So it's not like people ask me this a lot, are oh, you not going to the Olympics? Well, there's 13 places <clears throat> worldwide. And there's about, I think, off the top of my head, there's about five places for European countries. All right. All right so when you're up against all these Soviet countries who are, are predominant for picking up medals in the World Championships, Olympics, European Championships. Yeah. Some really, really tough competition. So if you don't qualify through your European qualifier, you have to go to a world one. So all them countries in the world who haven't qualified, there's two places left. Yeah. So the competition's really really tough it's a lot tougher than what uh you know people yeah i didn't know it was that it was that um, cutthroat to be honest yeah oh you're the british champion you go in the olympics no it's not it's not as straightforward as that and when the, the sport is so uh poorly funded in this country because we've not won any previous medals yeah sport england are just uh or uk sport are just concentrating on who wins medals on a, an international stage like world championships, European championships. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's really tricky to prepare for these competitions. Yeah. Did you compete like, recently at the, at the Europeans in Rome, was it? Yeah, European championships in Rome. We was, we was actually in Rome at the same time. All right. I was, on, I was, on, I was in Rome with my me, with me wife just on a, a weekend break. Yeah. And, uh, it was only when we were doing all the sightseeing and it was only when I was seeing all these people with like cauliflower ears and things. I was like, what's, what's going on? And then I realized through your, your Instagram and uh, George Ram's Instagram that the, the European yeah. championships were on in Rome at the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every time we went down to the Coliseum, I think twice, and every time we went down, it was just like uh, a takeover of wrestlers from all over Europe. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, that was, um, that was a great experience, you know, just to be there with, you know, you're with the best in your weight category from each national champion from each country. So it was, yeah. it was really a um, good experience to see what the, the level is. And you see all the, all the top guys. I don't know if you know, like Frank Chimizo, Sadjulayev, you've probably heard of. Yeah, yeah. Frank, he's a Chimizo Italian. Is he is Italian, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. So he, he won in his hometown, did he, as well? He won in his home country. Yeah, yeah. well, he's, he's not his hometown. He's Cuban, but... Um... Oh, right, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he, he yeah he won the gold for Italy and um, atmosphere was electric when he won. Right. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, being side by side with uh, all the best in well, some of the best in the world, Olympic medalist. Uh, it was you know it was good experience. Yeah, because Sadulev is it? Sorry, I don't know how you pronounce it. Sadulev. Sadulev. Yeah. Sadulev. He beat he beat Schneider didn't he in the in the last was it was that the worlds. World Championships. Yeah, quite quickly as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's 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 a monster. I know. I was I was. I mean, as you know, you've took us for seminars and stuff, and, and my wrestling knowledge is very very basic. It's not something I've I've ever done before on that. But I do like watching it. I, I I don't mind following it, and I'm I'm intrigued by the the techniques and the explosiveness and um, how the techniques flow into each other. And even though it is an athletic. Um, and powerful 
activity. The, the moves are quite graceful how they flow into from one technique to the to the other. And um, I was kind of watching, so like the World Championships, I followed it on on YouTube, some of the the matches and that. But specifically looking at if I was to to be at that level, what my weight category? So I'm I'm 87. So I was looking at like the people who were competing in like the 92. And that was them guys in it, Kyle Schneider and Saudi Eleven. I was like, oh my God, they are monsters. <laughs> yeah, that what are you, 87? Um, I'm 87, yeah. Yeah. So, so would you, you cut down then, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, there'd be guy there'd probably I know I said before about me cutting like seven kilo, but it wouldn't put it past if there was guys who were cutting down from 87 to 79. Really? Jesus. Yeah, maybe. Depends on the, the body, doesn't it? Like Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If not eighty six, but for you to wrestle at eighty six, you'd be small. Really, you know, one kilo. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you don't get any out of shape wrestlers, even at hundred twenty twenty five kilo. The muscle on muscle. Yeah, they're in in shape. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So, uh, do you think that's where like the the pattern of weight cutting in like MMA has sort of took? The the um, took away a lot from wrestling. Our wrestlers can weight cut in quite quite quick time. Is that where the the weight cut issues in MMA have come from? You mean like you think MMA fighters have adopted what wrestlers have done in the past? Yeah, in terms of weight cutting to to lose quite a lot of weight in in a short space of time. To be honest with you, I'd probably um, I'd probably say it's the other way around. All right, because MMA fighters have been known to cut like some of them stupid amounts of weight like 10 yeah it's plus ridiculous isn't it yeah yeah so have you ever read Henry Cejudo's um, book I've not no it's really good it's quite old now but he talked about in the 2008 Olympics how he cut I can't remember how much it was but he must have had I think 6 kilos to cut on the day of weighing yeah how he was uh, struggling in the sauna in, in the sauna and on, on the pedal bike to lose uh, the weight to make Wayne for the Olympics. Yeah, that's just under a stone, isn't it? Yeah, he said he can't remember uh, weighing in. <sighs> but that's why that's why it's changed to the same day weighing in wrestling because it's just not. It's not definitely yeah. doing that. Yeah, life, life or death, you can kill yourself. I know it's unbelievable. I, I, I wouldn't really know how to uh, answer that question because I think I think it's worked, worked both ways. I mean, people are always finding new ways, aren't they? To yeah, I mean, to if, even if you did it, even if you did it like, um, even if MMA was done same day weigh-ins or whatever, then people would find a way to try and get an edge. It's just it's just um, just what people do, isn't it? To find any one percent edge to 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 win. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting to see when these new rules came out, who moved up and who moved down, because Sajulayev moved from 86 to 97. Right. That was probably an indicator that he was cutting a lot of weight to make um, to make 86. Yeah. So I don't think it's one size fits all again, like for cutting weight in wrestling or uh, martial arts in general. It's doing it same day weighing. Yeah, yeah. Plus you you got to put your gear on. Yeah, put your gear on. Yeah, yeah. People buying light lightweight gears. <laughs> Lots of people have got different ways that suit them as well. 
I know it's it's like the body is different for everyone, isn't it? And the body adapts in different ways for each individual as well. Like some people can look at the fridge and put a stone on, can't they? Whereas other people can't struggle to put any sort of weight on, no matter what they eat. So the body just is it's individual, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I know we're in lockdown now, and obviously you're restricted to what you can and can't do. But uh, like I said, I follow you on Instagram and your social media, and you're all over the place, whether that's coaching at different MMA gyms or gyms, you're coaching at Aspel, you're doing your one-to-ones, and you're obviously competing on the weekend. Is that the German league that you was competing in on the weekend? Yeah, yeah. So that, uh, that runs from September to uh, December. Yeah. That's been cancelled this season because of the coronavirus. Yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it might change. But Yeah. So I was going to ask you, how do you keep up with your busy schedule in terms of your own, your own training? Plus running all your, your one-to-one sessions, your seminars, and competing as well. How do how do you handle all that? Because that's a busy schedule. It's uh, it's tricky. Um, obviously, you don't when when you're doing it at time, you love it, and you don't. I never really think about um, how busy uh, I am. I'm just cracking on because it's I'm doing wrestling all day, and it's what, yeah. I, what I'm doing. And now this time's come where it's like you've come to a complete standstill for Blumenek. Like I was pretty Grafting, full on. Yeah. Like uh, it was hard to sit still. <laughs> but um, and to be honest with you, I just um, appreciate, you know, doing what I do. I don't really think um, I'm busy and there's never a second where I think oh, I just want to, <clears throat> I want to sit still. Yeah. But there's times where, you know, it's tiring. So you've got to, it's a lot of physical uh, training. Even the one-to-ones, it's, it's... You're doing it with the individual, aren't you? So you're yeah. training as well, really. Yeah, and coaching, it's, it, it, is, um, it's, it is a lot on the body. So it's, I just mainly try and look after myself, get enough sleep, make sure my diet's right, you know, not going, going out daft on the weekend. Yeah. Just general stuff, you know, to to stay on top of myself if i do need a day off then that's fine like yeah nothing you don't, uh, you don't beat yourself up about it you, you listen to your body yeah it's took a long time to get uh, to you know get a, a schedule that suits me because mm-hmm. i want to fit the strength conditioning as well which was hard at the start and yeah you know that started at one day a week and now it's gone to two days a week and it's just finding that balance on each day which is suitable for me so one day might be like a, a tough day next day might be not as hard so like on a monday i'll um i'll have like strength conditioning in the morning maybe one or two privates and yeah. then training in the evening which is considered as like a lighter day and then tuesday might be easier in the morning because so i coach at hammer coach class yeah. at hammer and tellings and um have a private private there beforehand with uh, Connor Hignett and Connor Martin. So it just it, it's just balancing what's um, what's right and getting that schedule. And then in yeah. the evening, like training at British Wrestling Academy in Salford, that'll be like one of my harder sessions. Wednesday will be an easier, well not easier, but a lighter day. You know, just training yeah. in the evening, or yeah. working a few schools on a Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, strength conditioning and then Friday is normally a busy day in terms of coaching but I don't do any training myself on a Friday right okay 
you know, it's, I've changed uh, my mindset from being like, you know, typical wrestler of absolutely slogging yourself till you're, <laughs> that's how my mentality used to be is like, if, you've, if you're not tired, then you've not worked hard enough or yeah. come out of time for train smarter, train, you know. Train for longevity, are you? Yeah. And I feel, I, I, I feel better, I felt at my best wrestling in the, the league this season because of that, because I'm not slogging myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are you, what are you doing in terms of uh, like recovery? I know you said about sleeping and nutrition, but is there any stuff you do like for mobility or like stretching and recuperation, all that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, do some like, um, you call, I do some stuff with Michael like every now and then called CARS. I don't know what it stands for, but it's like mobility. <laughs> it's called, it's like mobility movement, which is, uh, which is really good. It fits yeah. them into situations. Sleep, making sure you know I'm getting at least at least eight hours. Because is that in one go, or is that like including a nap as well in the afternoon? Maybe. Yeah, sometimes I'll have a nap uh, if if I've if I've nothing on in the afternoon. And you know, I always try and eat enough fruit and veg as well. Yeah. One thing I've tried doing this lockdown is uh, making smoothies. Oh right, nice. I'll see how I feel after that. So it's just uh, it's just common sense, really. It's yeah, it's the basics, like yeah, doing the basics. People really overthink it, don't they? Yeah, I know. In terms of what they need to do, and then they start panicking. Then like, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that, and it's just like chill out, just look no. <laughs> yourself, drink a lot of water, eat right, and sleep. Exactly that. Yeah. Definitely, that's that's it at the end of the day, isn't it? In essence, that's all it is, isn't it? Yeah. You don't I used to, to uh, when I'd done like before I started doing jujitsu, I used to be quite big into sort of like um, just just going in the gym lifting weights, like because I was a lot a lot bigger. And I started listening and reading a lot of um, a guy called Dan John. I don't know if you've ever come across him. No. He's an American like athletics coach, NFL, but oh, he also does track and field as well. He's a coach, and he he was some basically his. His whole philosophy was like, it's not sexy, it's not going to sell. So, but you just do what you just said there. You drink plenty of water, do all the like the five, six fundamental movements: squat, push, pull, hinge, carry, and some groundwork. Um, eat right, sleep right, get your vegetables, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I think if you want to reach a high level of sport, I think you do need to go through a stage of. Um, what we call in wrestling, like grinding, right? You do you, you need to you do need to feel that fatigue and stress, you know, really really pushing yourself to the limits. Yeah, yeah. You want to be a high level of sport. Yeah. That's what you. I think you do need to feel that, and then work out a way of what's best for you. Mm -hmm. I lived in uh, I lived in Canada for a year on a I did a, a one year exchange uh, in Canada, so one of Canada's, well, it is Canada's best wrestling university, and I did that the year before the Commonwealths. All right. I planned to uh, make the England team, and that was really, really full on. Like, we was doing eas easily uh, four hours a day of training, three and a half, four hours a day of training uh, from Monday to Saturday. Yeah. So that was a wake-up call to, for me of, like, how hard do you need to push yourself to be at the top at the Olympic level of uh, wrestling. Yeah. And I, I guess until you've really 
felt that stress on your body, you don't know like what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. It's not always, the, it's definitely not always the right way, but you need to go through it. You need to go through it to, to understand yeah. the discipline that you need and the sacrifices you need to make. Yeah. When I, just before we, we started talking, like I watched your uh, 2018 bronze medal at the, the Gold Coast and that, and then you just explained that you went to, to Canada and that before in its preparation. What can you can you talk a little bit about the the mentality needed to to be in the like the upper echelons of any sort of activity? And wrestling is one of the the hardest. Like you're talking about that grind there. What does it take mentally to to be at that level? I mean, for me, I didn't know till I went and did it. Yeah, uh, I went. How old was I? So I was twenty. So 2017, it was the year before the games. I thought, well, I need, I'm not getting the training that I need to to be of a medal hope mm-hmm. over here due to the lack of training partners. So I went with the mind of mindset of like, well, I want to go somewhere just to train hard, but it's not. It's not just that that you're learning. You're learning uh, a culture and a mentality of, uh, you know, sacrificing yeah. a lot. You know, moving moving away from your family to live in a different country. That's, it's not even like, it's not like it's an hour fly away. It's yeah, uh, environment. Uh, I have, it's the best decision I've ever made in my life, really. Yeah. Um, so with that, I was there for just under a year and it just took my level from here to, to where it needed to be and yeah. to experience them, um, you know, that level of training that I don't even know how to describe it. It's like you said, like said, you know, the, like embracing the grind. The grind, yeah. Uh, it was a really good opportunity to have uh, six or seven different training partners, you know, all around my size, pushing you every day. Uh, yeah. you, know, you, you're not, you go from being like over here to one of the best and being comfortable at being one of the best uh in your gym or in your area yeah being just like everyone else you know getting pushed every day getting beat yeah that's what i think that's what a lot of people lack, lack is you know being comfortable mm-hmm. and you can't stay in your comfort zone you have to you have to like find them training partners who are gonna challenge and get the best and the coach was the same every day, really challenging you. His way, his mentality was you know, being harsh to get the best out of you. And like, it's not about taking it personal. It's he wants the best for you. Yeah. He needs to take you to those places mentally or physically to, to get the best out of you, doesn't he? Yeah. Take you to them places that you don't want to be. But, yeah. You no, know, what's the same when it's like if it doesn't. So if it doesn't stress you, but if it doesn't challenge you mentally, then you're not going to change, are you? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know if you've, you've come across Ross Edgeley at all. Um, he recently, he's recently famous for swimming around Great Britain. For what? Um, swimming around, he swam around Great Britain. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, he's been on quite a lot of podcasts and media, like, and he's got a book out at the end of this month, so you, you may have heard him on, like, YouTube and stuff like that, but um, he talks about this self um, self governor self governor theory. Whereas when we start reaching 
the limits of what we perceive to be our potential we pull the we pull a handbrake our body pulls a handbrake that says right you're not comfortable anymore you need to stop doing this and to, to achieve like new heights and new things we need to be pushing past that that self-governor we need to go past it yeah that's what yeah, he that, talks about that's how it was for me as well like you know getting up at six in the morning to go and do a wrestling training session it was like at the yeah. time it was like I've never done this before, but <laughs> your body starts acting like, oh no, let's let's get comfortable, let's 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 reverse and go back to its comfortable environment. But like you're saying, to reach those those heights and to achieve what you achieved, you need to be going that extra extra mile and being being completely out of your comfort zone, don't you? Yeah, it never really uh, clicked until um, we went on a training camp to Iowa. So I don't know if you've heard of like uh, Iowa Hawkeyes. Or uh, Iowa are a big. Uh, state for wrestling out there am I right in saying that yeah it's uh, where Dan Gable used to wrestle and be the coach of if you've heard of Dan Gable right yes yeah uh, the brands the brands brothers are the coaches there now and um, it really hit home for me was when we went when I went there for a camp um, we was doing sparring and some guy had like uh, scored an easy takedown on me and it's because <laughs> I was tired and like uh I probably thought in my head, oh, I'll take it easy. Yeah. Coach absolutely ripped into me in front of about 40 other lads, like, just give me the biggest bollocking ever, basically saying, like, you know, why? Why did you just give up yeah. on yourself? And that, that's when it, it, and he wouldn't let go of it for about 10 minutes and it was proper getting me down. But <laughs> that's probably what I needed to, uh, you know, come out of. Yeah. And definitely really just don't give up on yourself yeah is that something that sticks with you now then yeah it does and it's, it's, it's hard because you try and adapt it to your own training with your own clients but it's there's, there's an art to it you know like with you know being a coach and yeah. doing that people react differently to it don't they so it's good. again it's knowing your audience isn't it it's knowing who, who likes to being shouted at and pushed and who likes a little bit of more of a Softly, softly approach, you know. Yeah, you see it in this time as well where you might be in your garden doing a workout and you don't want to push yourself. You might just give up and yeah. you know, think back to them times where it's like, where it's been, been tough and yeah. get it out. Yeah. I think it's important, like, again, we, we spoke about with Jamie, like intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. And I think you've got to use whatever works for you, haven't you? Whether that's for someone else to look at you and you feel good because they're looking at you and thinking, oh, he's, doing, he's working hard. Or whether from that, that value starts inside, whether for your own personal pride, you need to do it. You need to work, you need to do whatever works for you, don't you, to get it done. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. So let's go right back to the beginning, mate. How did you get into wrestling? You, you, you grew up in Wigan? Yeah. How did, how did you get into wrestling from the start? What, what sort of introduced you to it? Um... Well, originally, my sister did it before me. Right. Um, she's, uh, how old is she? Nine years older than me. Don't even know how old she is. She's 32. Uh, she, uh, we'll have to edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she did it before me. So I used to go watching her training at the local wrestling club in Aspel. And um, she was like, obviously, you know, Growing up, battering, not battering me, but, you know, like... Yeah, wrestling. keeping you in your place, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, 
yeah, that's how I got into it. So when I was old enough, my dad started taking me when I was six. And it just started from there because in, in Aspel, uh, where I started, it's quite, in Wigan in general, it's quite, a, it's got a history of being a, a rich, not rich, what's the word, like a, a popular sport. Yeah. You know, it's got in a, lot the history, a lot of heritage involved in, in wrestling yeah. in Wigan and that, isn't it? Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for, in Wigan. So that's yeah. how I started. Yeah, when I was six. And uh, did you enjoy it straight off the bat or was there a little bit of, oh, you didn't want to do it, maybe you was pushed into it or did you take to it straight away? Um, bit of both, really. Uh, you had, like, we had like a friend, a, a strong team at Aspel when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I made lots of good lifelong friends through yeah. wrestling, so... It's, one, it's a tough sport for any kid, really, you know, to just be put on a mat and against someone else. And Yeah, yeah, Andy. I mean, yeah. I don't mean training, I mean at a competition, you've got all them people watching and parents shouting, like... Yeah, the pressure and, yeah. Parents who've never done any martial arts before, who like, God, <laughs> he's back. And it's, uh, it is quite, um, it is quite tough. And that's why I've got a lot of respect for any kid who, will come to Aspel now and, you know, step on the mat and just have a do because it's not, when I think back to being a kid, it, it's not easy. Like, like the nerves you get as a child, you see with some of the kids now and I'm thinking there's not, there's not really, I can understand why they like that, but there's not really a need because you're not doing it to please your mum and dad, you're doing it yeah. for yourself. When I think of what the sport's given me, I mean, as a person, it's like, you just wish they could like look ahead of in ten years' time and think who they can become and what they can achieve off the map. Yeah, yeah. I think even so, in terms of even in terms, I mean, I'll get you to speak about sort of the things that it's done for you in a minute. But like, if even if parents could see sort of the the mental resilience that it would give the kids as they when they when they've grown up and to be able to handle adversity and a little bit of stress to be able to handle it, and I think we'd see definitely. Oh, no. Like in general, like, like say, like being resilient to cope with uh, things in life because it's not a fun path, is it? Exactly. Like, so, I know. So back to your question, I did enjoy it. I was, I did have a lot of success as a kid. It wasn't always successful. I've not always been the best. Yeah. Um, but. That's why the sport's so good because it's how do you uh, bounce back after you've had a defeat and it's not just being technically and physically better, it's how you are you gonna cope with it upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you cope with it upstairs then? What are the what are the, the things you go through, the processes you go through after a loss? It's a tricky question that because I've done it from being six years old. Uh <laughs> would you watch would you watch your match back again and see sort of if you yeah. made any mistakes no that's one thing that I'm really uh, bad at doing right I, mean, I, I, I cope with it better um, mentally I don't know it's, that, that, that is a tricky question to, to answer um, I think I just always always referring back to why I do it yeah and 
you know, what what has it given me? Yeah. That's that's what keeps me motivated. Yeah. So I keep I keep getting sidetracked here with the questions. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it, mate. We just we just I'll try and bring it back to some sort of structure in a minute. But I was just interested in one of the things that I'm really interested in is like the mental side of things. And again, when you look at like the the upper echelons of any sport, it, it is down to the mental side, isn't it? If you're all equal physically, then what is that extra little little margin that is going to give you the, the success? And it comes down to the mental side of it, doesn't it? Whether that's in victory or defeat. I'm really interested in how people cope with both both sides of the coin. Yeah, I mean, when you, I always think when I win, if I win, if I win, if I win like I don't know British Championships, yeah, it's good, but it's not. That's not the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I think in wrestling it's like it's never enough. There's always something else. You know, I mean, there's always something else. So it's it's. it's important to stay uh, humble and yeah. you know focused on the bigger picture really yeah so is, is the bigger picture at the moment like you said before um, 2022 2021 sort of uh, you know, 2022 yeah so 2022. that's next Commonwealth Games that's you know that's the, the long term goal but the short term goal is getting there yeah short term goal is getting there that's the hardest part you know, it's it's not about like you've got to get there first. <laughs> you've got to qualify. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So you know, being winning the British Championships, English Championships, and getting some uh, international results will will come before before then. So okay. stones qualifying right. uh, for the games. And you qualify through the process of competing in the in the German league. Is that the end game for that? No, no. That I mean. That's been one of the best decisions made in terms of keeping myself focused and uh, getting that match experience every week against some good good competition. Yeah, we're going to push me, and it's, uh, it's beneficial for me since the 20, uh, 2018 games. Is you know having that regular match fitness keeping me on my toes. Yeah, and having a focus, it's been it's been really good. Mm-hmm. So um, we we touched on a little bit before that you're obviously um, a coach as well as a competitor. But how do you, how do you balance that mindset of, um, even though you still want to compete, you still want to achieve big things, um, but you're also a coach as well. Is there one you prefer over the other? Or I know that's probably hard to say because you're still, you're still like in your peak of your career trying to achieve more. But is there, is there one that you, you prefer over the other? Are you more, do you see yourself more of a coach or more of a competitor? It's it's very very hard because you know that like if you want to be at the high level, the highest level, you can't. It's like having a job and wanting to be the best. Yeah, it's it, it's one or the other. So to keep it fifty fifty, it's uh, it's very tricky. But um, I don't know. I they both come hand in hand. Yeah. Both help each other. I'm very lucky that I can do a job where, you know, it's part of my training and to train with, uh, to be training, <laughs> to be training every day, all day. So it's, yeah. I do. There's no, do it, I won't. I won't. It won't be fair to say that there's one that I prefer because I enjoy them both. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I finish wrestling, I want to carry on coaching. So. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I want to pass pass my knowledge on to to other people of yeah, not technical technical skills and physical uh, skills is you know what has wrestling given me that can help other people in their lives. Yeah. You know, it's not jujitsu like how it can you know help people mentally as well, well as physically. It's massive, isn't it? I mean, if if you can talk a little bit about how how what has wrestling done for you as a person, what was it? Was it done for you? Um, big, big one for me that I've um, I've been thinking about really in the lockdown is uh, being resilient. You know, coping, yeah. uh, coping well under 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 this difficult time that we're in. So it's a big word at the moment, isn't it? A lot of people are throwing around this the word resilience and being able to cope with with stressful situations because. There's a, there's a quote that I really like um, by Tony Robbins, and it's the quality of your life is directly in proportion to the amount of uncertainty you can handle. So if you're used to coping with uncertain times and stressful situations and adversity, you'll have a better quality of life. And you can get that from doing activities such as wrestling, jujitsu, that are going to push you mentally out there every time. Yeah. Um... I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not every day that I walk up in the last seven weeks and thought, you know what, I'm like looking forward to today of doing yeah. nothing. But oh, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, everyone goes through tough. Everyone has negative thoughts and shows negative behaviours and that, but it's how you, you bring your mindset back and change your state and all that, isn't it? So I think, yeah, definitely. I just... Um, you know, think back to, to what I've got around me, who I've got around me. And that, that I think it's like when I think of wrestling, like it, I, I live every day the same as what I would if I was sticking to my schedule. Yeah. You know, you wake, wake up and, you know, put thing, it's putting things into perspective of what you've got. Mm-hmm. No, it's not going to last forever, is it? I know. I know. So I think, you go when you go through when I go through a, uh, a stressful situation. It's not going to last forever, and just put things in perspective. What you've got around you and who you've got around you—that's um, that's the main thing. Yeah, I think that's important. What you just touched on there is knowing that the bad times aren't going to last forever, are they? And if yeah. you can keep a structure, keep a routine, put one foot in front of the other, keep turning up, keep getting out of bed, keep putting your shoes on, keep going putting your running trainers on, whatever, keep suiting up. Eventually, the, the day will be over. The bad times will have gone. They will end eventually, won't they? And that's an important uh, point to, to touch on that, definitely. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's like a training camp, really. Like, every day, you do, you, you're doing it because you love it, but every day is like a, a beast in and it's, it's not going to last forever. Yeah. And then when you, when you see the end results, it's, it's worth, it's worth yeah. it. Yeah. I was reading, um, you know, SAS Hudo's wins on the teller. Yeah. Been reading up Middleton's book, and uh, they, they were asking him how how he, he got through like the SAS training and the, the the hell weeks that they have on like the SAS and stuff. And he was like, I just I just made me world very small. So me 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 net me goals were literally just to get to the end of the day or get to the next meal or get to the next sunrise. Keep keep your world small. Don't start thinking too far in advance. Just think to the next, like, get to dinner or get to the next break or whatever. 
using little little incremental goals to to get through a bigger a bigger a bigger adversity. Yeah, I was speaking to um, seen I went running on Friday. I don't know if you know who Andrew Clamp is. Clampy. I've heard of him. Yeah, he's an MMA fighter. Um, yeah, I thought I think some people have referred to him in the gym before. Like the, the yeah. few lads from the gym know him. Yeah, he was talking like saying, um, you know, it's when you think back of difficult situations like obviously cutting weight off, preparing for a fight, and the stress that you go through and competition. It's this isn't like it, this isn't that bad, and that's why li- I think it links like martial arts and. Yeah, tricky times is you know it doesn't last forever. It, I know. You, know you just crack on, and like like Aunt Milton saying, oh, you just get to get to lunchtime or get to dinner time. It's you, it's one it's one step at a time, and not thinking. Don't think like in the long run. It's like when yeah. you set goals for a competition. I'm not not thinking of 2022. I'm thinking about winning the British Championships first. It's a lot of I think a big mistake a lot of people make. I make it myself is thinking. One step ahead. Yeah. You know, take your time. We've got all the time in the world on our hands. Yeah. So, what's the rush? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put things in place, yeah, rather than thinking. Because that, that's what causes um, a lot of anxiety. And to be honest, is people thinking too far in advance and dwelling on worrying about tomorrow that they can't control instead of, like, remaining, like, present and thinking about the now and what they can do now to, to achieve that. That goal yeah. that's a bit farther in the future. What you can control. Yeah, definitely. Down yesterday, but I was just watching the news and you see things on Facebook. All Boris Johnson's doing a, an announcement on Sunday. You're like, yes. <laughs> then you can't celebrate for Sunday, then, aren't you? I know. I've just done the same with my wife. I've been like, oh, yeah. Imagine how many people are going to be around the telly on Sunday. We'll, we'll yeah. have next show with him for that. <laughs> thinking then, like, what's he going to say? What's he going to say on Sunday? Is he going to like open everything up? Is he going to do this? Someone on Facebook's like, yeah, well, the garden centres are open and construction sites are back up and running on Monday. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know that. like that, And then that becomes in your head then. That, yeah, you get caught up in it, don't you? Because I think there's, there's something flying around at the moment of, again, it's not official, but like these five phases that the government might start to implement and, Obviously, yeah. I was looking looking down to see like when like contact sports would start, and that is obviously one of the last ones to be introduced. So my mind starts like extrapolating this information, then thinking, "Oh, it's going to be like August before we can start getting back in the gym and having contact and that." And I'm I've completely lost like the now and the present, and I'm I'm thinking about August. So it's a it's a it's a, it's a spiral, isn't it? You your mind up spirals out of control. Yeah, you do definitely, and uh, I think it's. Back to what we were talking about, it's like just concentrating on what you can control and what's happening now. Yeah. Not what's happening in next week. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it is really, really hard to... Yeah. To I know. I mean, the, the few conversations I've had over these these podcasts and we're sort of reiterating the same, same points and the same subjects over and over again because they are important subjects and it's not been done on purpose. It's just that the people who I'm talking to and myself have like the same sort of views on it, that it is about resilience and trying to remain present and that. But I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm perfect at it or it's easy. I mean, I'm the same as everybody else. I struggle with trying to keep present and not worrying about the future and that. But the more I can try and talk about it, then that helps me then as well, is remain in the, in the moment and keep things in perspective. Yeah. 
it's like um, they say, don't you? Just talk. <laughs> yeah. Just talk. I think that's the best way. I mean, touch wood, luckily I've never uh, been in like that situation where I've been really down about, yeah. about things. But when I have, you know, just talk to your family, talk to your friends. Definitely. We used to run, um, so I, I run the jiu-jitsu club. That's a, that's a part-time role for me at the moment. Hopefully I'm going to try and make it full-time. But I also work at um, a charity that's connected to Lee Centurions, Lee Community Trust. Um, and we, we used to run a, a men's mental health talking group. And it was all it was all like peer-to-peer support. So there was no real professionals there. And it just allowed men to, to come and um, talk about their problems, get stuff off the chest with no like judgments or anything. And one of the biggest mm. things that came out of that was, yeah, talking is really good, getting stuff off your chest, not bottling it up. But what was really, what I found really interesting was just the fact that other people felt the same things. So I could go with a problem and know that someone else was experiencing the same worries and the same concerns. That was a lot of the time what, what people needed was to know that they weren't alone. Everyone else is thinking these same thoughts and having these same worries and concerns and that. That was quite powerful to me. Yeah. Yeah, get, getting it off your chest. Yeah. But we're all going through it together, really. A lot of people have the same thoughts. They just think that I'm the only one going through this. I'm the only one who's having these, whether it's, whether it's suicidal thoughts or whatever, but there are other people who are worrying about the same things. Speaking to my mate in Ukraine and he was messaging saying, oh, it's my birthday next week and I can't celebrate. And I thought, just look, come on, mate. You're not the only <laughs> who's not celebrating the birthday everyone else is stuck inside as well know. you know and when the time comes, you'll be able to have your, have your, have your birthday celebrations it's... <laughs> again like you said it's perspective isn't it and, yeah. and that is one thing that I think will help us all get out of this is in general I mean I'm not talking about people who have there are obviously people who are in worse case scenarios they've lost loved ones and they're dealing with yeah. life threatening illnesses and that but in general it's affecting us all, like with job, we're on furlough or we're working from home or we're asked to stay in a lockdown and isolate. And that is one thing I think that'll help us that everyone's in it together. There's a lot, there's a lot more like community stuff going on, isn't there? And a lot more like um, partnership work in the community and people looking out for the neighbours more and there's more stuff going on on Skype. We're connecting more really, I think. Also, it, should, it shouldn't be anywhere. Like it shouldn't. Yeah. Hopefully there's a lot of benefits that are going to come from this lockdown and, you know, we'll be stronger together in helping each other instead of people just thinking about themselves all the time. Yeah, definitely. I hope so. And I, th- I think there is, I think from my little corner of the world, I'm seeing a lot, a lot more people connecting and a lot more um, people worrying about other people rather than themselves. And that'll, that'll be massive if we can continue to take that out of this lockdown and, and continue to do it then. It'll make the world a better place, hopefully. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Yeah. So what does the um, what does the future hold for, for Charlie then, once you've sort of finished wrestling, or what are you looking, what are your plans for the future? Um, How many more years would you have what is um, considered pre-teaching wrestling? In terms of wrestling, like, I've, 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 said, I've, said, I've said to my, I've said to my dad that, after 2022, I'll finish competing. After right. next games. But <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Never I don't say know. Never. Just take it as it comes. Take it in my stride. Just don't. Yeah. Not really thought 
too much too much ahead. Uh, obviously, I want my I want to grow my career. You know, my, my businesses, my coaching business. Mm-hmm. I develop that. Try and just grow wrestling as much as I can. Yeah, want to get it into some schools. You know, just expanding, expand wrestling. That that's what I want to do. Yeah, for the sport. Um, in terms of competing. After 2022, I think that's when I'll be hanging up the boots and trying to focus more on getting uh, my career on track because yeah. wrestling, unfortunately, doesn't pay the bills. Yeah. What? Um, how important is it that um, people keep Aspo Wrestling alive? Then, how important is it that people? Is it completely run on funding, or do people pay for sessions? How does it? How does it keep itself open? Well, a bit of both, really. Uh, the club's yeah. all voluntary run. Uh, there's five coaches who, you know, we all do a great job at, you know, getting kids and adults active. So, yeah, it plays a big part in the the local Aspel community as well. Like getting getting a lot of uh, kids involved in wrestling and something that's played a big part in uh, Wigan's heritage for yeah. a long time. So I just hope more people can see the benefits of it. We've got, I can't remember off the top of my head, we've got about 10 kids who are in the Great Britain team. Nice. Went to the championships this year, 11 wrestlers and nine of them came back with gold medals. So it's, you know, them kids have really uh, benefited a lot from, from the sport. So I just hope it can inspire more people in the community to, to get involved in, uh, involved in a sport more than anything and be part yeah. of, be part of, what we're trying to develop. Definitely. I think in, in the Northwest in general, the, there are obviously um, some quite deprived areas in, in the Northwest and like St. Helens, your Wiggins, Warrington's witnesses and all around the Liverpool. And I think these, these places like Aspel Resting, like Hammer that you've mentioned before, they're, they're going to get kids off the street. They're going to get them into something constructive to learn life skills, essentially, aren't they? Like you talk about Bones. wrestling. Pardon? Yeah, the- the gold medals are nothing. They're nothing. It means nothing. It's what you know. It's like it's like everything we talked about today is like yeah. What what do you get out of it in the long run? And I exactly. Think that, that's very important. Yeah, they, they make you they make you a better person, don't they? Regardless of whether you go on to achieve gold medals, it it's just, it just makes you a better person in life to go on and and, and be better, doesn't it? Stronger, more resilient, and healthy. Healthy, I think that's the main thing. Yeah, definitely mentally and physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great stuff. So, um, if anybody is interested in getting you down coaching or one to ones, or they want any more information off you, how, how can they get in contact with you, mate? So, I've just set up my new Facebook page. So, any any uh, any of my social media platforms, my new Facebook page is Charlie Bowling Wrestling. Mm-hmm. or on Instagram just send me a message feel free don't be intimidated or anything you know I'm here to to help and get people involved in physical activity and answer any questions that they may have yeah during this tricky period send me a message I've Brilliant, just uh, during lockdown I've um, I've converted one of the units on the farm into a gym alright I'll be putting a post out soon about that so hopefully after lockdown I'll be able to 
well, when it's safe to do so, I should say, get yeah. up and run and have uh, time to take on more clients and more people and get stuck into some wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> great stuff, mate. I can, I can um, say from, from my own experience that when we had you down uh, for the seminar, it was fantastic as a coach. You, you was patient with people who have never really done wrestling before. You was patient, really technical. And again, what we touched on before, you had different approaches for different people. Um, I know we had Mark Rideout came down. And obviously, if you spent a little bit of time one-to-one -one with him, the way you coached him was different to where you coached someone who's never done it before. And uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience and top coach mates. We, we were really impressed. Yeah. Glad to know. Good. Yeah. Um, so again, thanks, thanks for spending time this morning talking to us. And um, we'll, we'll see you soon, hopefully, at the, uh, the Jiu-Jitsu Club in Lee. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. And I hope it's sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Same here, same here. I know. Okay, I don't want to think like too far ahead again. Again, like we've just said, I'm trying to take one day as it comes, but I can't help but be like, oh, I'm so excited for getting back on the mats and that. I can't wait to, to start implementing yeah. some, some new stuff. And But yeah, patience and it's virtue. <laughs> Your friends. I know, I know. So, mate, well, thanks for that anyway. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks very much, David. I'll no uh, keep in touch and let us know when it's when we're on. I will do, mate. I will do.